Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Bob Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95-7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick, and he finds it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Now Westbrook comes up the floor, batted in the air by Wiggins, stolen by Bazemore. Bazemore throws back to Wiggins, layup is... No good. Rebound loose, deflected. Berton's got it with five seconds to go. He's fouled. Oh, my goodness. The Warriors had a chance to tie the game. A missed opportunity on the layup attempt by Andrew Wiggins and a missed opportunity for the Warriors to win uh, and have a four-and-one trip. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game with John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason sitting in tonight for Ryan Covey. 888-957-9570. A lot to chew on from this one, Whitey, as the Wizards built an 18-point lead at the end of the first quarter. But the Warriors were able to fight back and lead by 11 with just under six minutes to go in regulation. The Wizards, though, Bradley Beal, uh, more so Russell Westbrook, really attacking the rim in the final minutes. They're able to come back, and just uh, another game squandered, Whitey, for the Warriors in a year that has been full of missed opportunities and a failure to execute down the stretch. Absolutely, J.D., very, very frustrating because, as you said, you were so close to wrapping up a 4-1 and road trip, the Warriors were so close to winning a game in which, as we all know, Steph did not play well. They were so close to winning a game in which they were 19 down. And then the final five minutes, they failed to execute offensively. And as you said, at the defensive end, they just fouled. So that's what the final five minutes was. It was a, a failure to execute offensively and then defensively just fouling. At least I'll say this. Um, you know, there have been so many Warrior losses this year, as you know better than I, that left the Warriors and their fans wondering, what's wrong with this team? And I don't think that was the case tonight. Quite simply, it was a matter of Steph Curry. Um, he, Steph Curry looked worn out. The streak has ended, the 30 games or 30 points per game streak, 11 games. Uh, it is, uh, it's over now. Steve Kerr alluded to it after the game. The Warriors did look tired. Uh, it's not an excuse. That's, that's a fact. But I will also say this. So at least you know what happened tonight. But in that fourth quarter, the Warriors needed a little more from two players in particular. And I know Oubre had a really big game tonight with 24 points off the bench. But Wiggins and Oubre in the fourth quarter were two for 14. They were two for 14, and you need a little more there down the stretch when you're trying to wrap up the road trip and you're trying to hang on to an 11-point lead with uh, six minutes to go. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text as the Wizards beat the Warriors 118 to 114. So the Warriors dip back below 500 at 29 and 30. It winds up being what I would still characterize the, the trip as a good trip. Uh, it, it could have been a great trip had the Warriors have been able to finish off this one or finish off the game in Boston, really. I think opportunities to win both of them. If you get one of those two and you wind up with the 4-1 and one trip, all things considered, I think at that point uh, it's an excellent, excellent trip. Uh, but do you feel like this team is, is headed in the right direction now still with the nine home games remaining in the final 13 and uh, very much in the thick of that play-in tournament race? I, I, I still, for me, 
I think there's going to be games like tonight and, and games like the Boston game and the Charlotte game and the Orlando game and, and a couple of others, Whitey, that the Warriors are going to look back on at the end of this thing. And, and they're mm-hmm. going to say, when it's all said and done, hey, we could have been a six seed. <laughs> if, if, if a couple of these games had gone the other way, I think they're going to wind up being in the play-in tournament and maybe they wind up earning their way into the the postseason and a first-round series by virtue of winning those games. But I think they're going to look back and say to themselves that it it all could have not been for that if they had won a couple of these games that they've lost here over the course of the last month and a half or two months. Absolutely, J.D. A couple of numbers real quickly that stand out, and this is no surprise because you know the Warriors are shorthanded and small right now. They were out-rebounded tonight, out-rebounded tonight pardon me, 61-44, to and the Wizards shot 38 free throws to 21 for the Warriors. 38 free throws to 21 for the Warriors. I don't know that the Warriors got the benefit of, of the doubt as far as the officiating goes. But I also agree with you. I think overall, although this is a very tough one, because, you know, those are the toughest losses in sports when you think, well, I think we got this one. Then you lose that. Those are the toughest ones. And it looked like the Warriors had this with the 11-point lead with 6.58 left. But to your point here, okay, you got the Nuggets coming up, then you got Sacramento, then Dallas, and then at Minnesota, at Houston, the Pelicans for two, Oklahoma City for two before you have to play Utah and the Suns. Then you get the Pelicans and the Grizzlies to finish it up. So there's every opportunity here. The fact that the Warriors seem to have, don't you think, J.D., that since Wiseman has been injured, the Warriors have found an identity? That's nothing against Wiseman. They've been forced into this small ball identity. They're playing well. They're playing much better. They're playing more consistently. Tonight's bitter loss notwithstanding. So I think things set up pretty nicely for them for the rest of this regular season. They do. I, I still think, though, there's too many games that, that they've let slip away, and I think because they've let those games slip away, at, at this point, you have to figure that at some point down the stretch here uh, in in these final 13 games that, that the Warriors are going to you know, they're going to let a couple slip. Like they're going to get a couple maybe where you go, wow, that's a great win uh, here or there. Maybe they steal one, but they're also going to let one or two slip because that just is is in line with what the identity of this team is for this season, Wiseman or no. And mm-hmm. for that, uh, I, I add all that up and I say, you know what, this team, look, they're going to be a playoff team. They're, they're going to be in the play-in tournament versus a team that, that maybe had an outside shot of trying to push to sixth. They, they still, I think... You like the matchup against the Spurs. You like the matchup against the Mavs. You like the matchup against the Grizzlies. And you think that the Warriors could come out in that. Uh, but I, I think at this point, you know, this team isn't going to get hot enough in these final 13 games, even given the easier schedule. And they just aren't consistent enough in terms of finishing games, uh, really against all levels of, of opponent, uh, to, to where, you know, Steph stays healthy. He'll get on a roll. I, I, I'm with you. I think they have figured out a way that they have to play. I think some good signs tonight with Ubre's contribution off the bench, with Jordan Poole's contribution off the bench. It looks like he's found something again uh, here after really, you know, he, he came back from the bubble and, and just exploded and played excellent basketball for about 10 games. Then he struggled for a while. I think the last three or four games he's been playing a lot better. So I think Jordan Poole continuing to play well is a is a positive. I think Kelly Oubre, you know, tonight's sort of the, the quintessential Kelly Oubre, hey, he'd be great coming off the bench kind of a mm-hmm. game, right? Uh, where mm-hmm. he's able to come off the bench, score 24, you know, lead the Warriors in scoring with that 24 points. Uh, so I, I'm with you on, on a lot of what you say, that the best still could be ahead for this Warriors team, but I think it's still going to be a, a season of what if to a certain extent due to some of these losses in close games and in games like tonight. Tonight may have a little bit of a different story than some of the other ones, but you you look at it and there's just been too many games that this team has let slip through their fingertips in, in a similar fashion as this one tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Warrior fans are going to end up looking at this season a lot like they are looking at this game, right? Like, ah, things could have been a lot better. Squandered opportunities, not only tonight, but in this season. As far as Steph Curry goes, and we know that the Wizards were laser-focused, hyper-focused on slowing him down, 7 for 25. The part of his game that really surprised me, J.D., you know, at some point he's not going to make every shot, but six turnovers tonight, and the Wizards did a good job 
job of keeping him from seeing what was going on, but he had some really unforced and unnecessary turnovers tonight. I think just the frustration got to Steph a little bit. He'd been playing so well, and it's tough to see that streak end the way it did uh, tonight. Uh, that said, uh, I would not want to be the Denver Nuggets Friday night. I, I think, Steph, I have a little something-something for them after the way he played tonight. Yeah, and, and look, nine of the last 13 at home for the Warriors. They, they do have Denver with fans back at Chase Center yeah. beginning on Friday night. You mentioned the Kings and the Mavs and then a four-game road trip followed by that six-game homestand to close out the season on, on May the 16th. Uh, they will finish up the, the regular season with the Memphis Grizzlies. So still opportunities ahead for this Warriors team to look to vault uh, upward in the standings and still a good trip. Again, not a great trip, but a good trip when you look at, at what – you would have wanted going into it. Obviously, the Wizards, you know, I struggled with the, the question over the last 12 days after the Wizards won in Chase Center and kind of stole that game late, but really were the better team that night for, for a better portion of the evening than the Warriors were. I thought to myself, uh, something screwy down the stretch, or or is this just a bad matchup? You know, bad, bad loss, odd game, mm-hmm. or bad matchup. I think in some ways the Wizards are a bad matchup. And the Warriors, look, they did a much better job on Robin Lopez. They did a really good job for the most part uh, tonight, uh, again, on uh, Bradley Beal for good portions of the game. He made him shoot 21 shots. I mean, he did get to the free throw line, which which upped his efficiency, and he did finish with 29. But it was it was Westbrook in particular down the stretch attacking the basket and, and Bradley Beal attacking and, and getting to the free throw line that ultimately did the Warriors in. Uh, but I, I think some of what we saw tonight and what we saw back on April the 9th is, for whatever reason, maybe it's the name brand talent that the uh, Wizards possess on their roster. Uh, they, they were a handful for, for this Warriors team in, in these two games, more than maybe you would expect considering their overall record. And they're playing very well right now, obviously winning eight of the last nine. Yeah, that said, that that's all true. But, you know, the last time they played, Rui Hachimura scored 22. He didn't even play tonight. The Warriors just looked so small uh, against the Wizards, as I mentioned, getting out-rebounded by a wide margin, committing so many fouls. And to me, J.D., it really looked like the Warriors, once they had that lead, as I mentioned, 11 points with uh, 6.58 left, didn't you think there appeared to be just a little bit of a... Um, I don't know, a letdown. It looked like they thought they had it maybe a moment where they relaxed, which would be understandable because it's the end of a road trip, we know, and they're worn down. But they just kind of stopped playing for a little bit. And you see that happen in basketball. They just let up for a little bit, and then once the Wizards got the game tilted back in their direction, the Warriors just could not stop that Washington momentum. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's exactly right. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, we'll we'll have Warriors wrap up for you till uh, about 8, maybe a little bit after 8. We'll flip uh, over at that point, and we'll get into the final word, and, and we'll carry you all the way till 10 o'clock here. So we got two and a half, uh, close to three hours of uh, coverage here for you tonight on 95.7 The Game as we always keep it rolling on into the night, uh, win or lose for this Golden State Warriors team. And tonight the Wizards get the better of the Warriors, 118 to 114. We'll hear from Steve Kerr uh, coming up here as well. Uh, We will also uh, hopefully... Uh, hear from Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, we hope to hear as well uh, from Draymond Green as uh, the Warriors uh, lose this one and they finish up their trip at 3-2, and two, so now 29-30 and 30 overall. But the, the question out of the gate here at 888-957-9570, uh, how do you view this trip? Is it, is it a missed opportunity or is it a good solid trip that leaves the Warriors set up to still finish strong here uh, down the stretch and put themselves in position uh, to make a run toward uh, getting to that play-in tournament and and, and maybe finding their way uh, into uh, a scenario where they get into the first round of the NBA playoffs in a full uh, seven-game series. 888-957-9570. We'll pause. We'll come back. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Whitey here on 95.7 The Game. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Abdia, Bradley Beal, and Neto inside Lopez. Goes up, blocked by Oubre Jr. Baseball tried to save it, but he was on the baseline. Oubre Jr. saying no way while he lies on his backside out of bounds. Draymond Green lob. Oubre Jr. coming down the baseline with a two-hand rim racker right there. And it's 56-53. The Wizards lead is three. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Nice game tonight for Kelly Oubre Jr. 36 minutes off the bench. He scores 24 points, 8 of 17 shooting. The Warriors, though, uh, it's not enough as the Wizards beat the Dubs 118 to 114. So they sweep the season series. Uh, do the Wizards against the Warriors as they win uh, back on April 9th, the Chase Center. They win tonight uh, in the nation's capital. And the Wizards winning the season series. 2-0 for the first time since the 2009-2010 season. Uh, Whitey, as Whitey Gleason sits in here for Ryan Covey tonight. And three straight for the uh, Wizards over the Warriors uh, for the first time since February of 2006 to March of 2007. So the Warriors, uh, good, good, great, or or bad, the, the Warriors have had the Wizards number, but not these last three and not in this 2020-21 campaign. When you think about it, J.D., the, the Warriors came close to winning every game on this trip, right? They didn't. I know. I'm not I'm not sugarcoating it. It's as negative as it is positive. They almost won every game on this trip. That's the way this season is, right? The ups, the downs. Yeah, things went well. Oubre had a good game, but then he didn't have a good fourth quarter, and they gacked one tonight that they should have won. How important will that be? Will that end up being a game that they needed? Who knows? But that's been the nature uh, of this season. Let me ask you a question, J.D. Uh, Raul Neto. That wasn't him, was it? I mean, he's not that good. You know, <laughs> Westbrook had big numbers tonight for the Wizards, but a lot of them are empty calories, you know, 5 for 17, and he had nine turnovers. But Rule Neto, yeah. 7 of 11, 3 of 6, had 18 points. That guy's not that good. How does that happen? Well, if you leave a guy open and yeah, you dare him yeah. to beat you, sometimes he beats you. 
and and Neto at times can knock down threes. He's inconsistent, but he has had games before where he knocks down the three ball. And I I actually disagree with you a little bit as far as Westbrook and the empty calories go. I think you know he had what I think six points with maybe five or six minutes to go. In uh, this one, it was maybe even less than that. And and you look at, I mean, his ability to basically put his head down and drive to the basket multiple occasions in the final five minutes uh, for layups. And I, I feel like, uh, I think they let him get ahead of steam. Maybe some of it was fatigue. I know we're going to hear from Steve Kerr coming up here in a moment. But uh, I know Westbrook only ended up with 14, but eight of those 14 were in those final minutes. And all eight of those were really impactful at, at a time where the Warriors couldn't stop him. He kind of took the game over, uh, I thought, a little bit down the stretch. Him and Bradley Beal. And ultimately, uh, with Steph not having the best night and being defended well and maybe being a little tired, uh, that that proved to be... Uh, the difference. 888-957-9570. Let's get to James uh, up first here on Warriors Wrap-Up tonight on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, James? Hi. This is uh, this is James. I just uh, wanted to ask you guys what you thought of Scott Brooks' game plan and then Curry off the pick and roll. He kind of was confused a little, not really confused, but uh, a little flustered towards the end of the game. He had a turnover. And then uh, Draymond's foul at the end seemed like that was uh, – the final nail in the coffin when he fouled Beal on that and one. I'll, I'll take your uh, <coughs> call off line. Bye. Yeah, thanks, James. Appreciate it. The, the Wizards did a nice job. And look, you, you it, it's the second game uh, in in the you know this stretch basically that that started. Uh, you know, it, it's the second game here recently where the Wizards have done as well as anybody has been able to do uh, against Steph Curry. I'm looking back. I mean, 11 for 25. He still scored 32 points. Uh, back on the 9th of April inside Chase Center, but it was on 25 shots. It was 5 of 12 from 3. Uh, but if you look at you know some of the similarities, you know Steph a minus 23 in the ballgame tonight. He was a minus 16 in the ballgame back on, on April the 9th. And the starters for the Wizards uh, in both games really uh, – were able to just pose a lot of problems for for the Warriors and and for Curry. And I mean, they won those matchups really, and and won them won them strongly in in both games. What did you think of the way that uh, the the Wizards were defending Curry, uh, and how much of it was what they were doing, and, and how much of it was maybe Curry just being tired? Uh, I think they did a great job. I think Scott Brooks drew up a great game plan. I do think fatigue was a big factor, but I think they went hand in hand. The fact that uh, the Wizards were frustrating Steph and not getting him good looks uh, contributed to the fact that he wore down uh, a little bit. I thought James touched on two of the absolute keys here. He mentioned Steph's turnovers, and I know I talked about it earlier. Six turnovers tonight, and some of them, J.D., as you know, some of them were bad. I mean, some of them were bad, unforced turnovers and we see Steph do that sometimes when he's not in the flow when he's not playing well also James mentioned Draymond fouling out and I believe after Draymond fouled out I think that when the game was tied the Wizards scored two layups in a row and one was as you say Westbrook got to the basket Beal got to the basket the Warriors defense was just not the same without Draymond and look he played his heart out the Warriors were shorthanded tonight that was a bad foul though his sixth foul that was a really bad foul on and one swiping at the ball so that was not a smart foul and I think that also is a sign that the Warriors really played a little bit not to make excuses I think they were worn out worn down at both ends of the floor Let's hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, following this one. Wizards win it 118-114. to uh, Steve Kerr was asked uh, what he thought the biggest reason that uh, this game got away uh, from the Warriors was, and here's what he had to say. I think it was fatigue, Gareth. I think we were just exhausted. I think we just ran out of gas uh, last, you know, seven minutes or so. We had a good lead, seemingly in control, and we just couldn't get it done. I thought Russell Westbrook was fantastic, kind of took over the game in the fourth. I think the, the trip just caught up to us. I think our guys just looked completely gassed. So simple as that or more to it? I mean, uh, I... I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think at that point you got to still figure out a way to win one of these games, whether it's whether it's tonight's game or the Boston game. Uh, I mean, how, how much of it is just simple fatigue? I mean, the Warriors basically, I will say in fairness, basically playing eight guys tonight. And, and really mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, Mulder 10 minutes. Gary Payton played 
10 seconds, basically, in this ball mm-hmm. game tonight. So it was really Ubre and Poole and the five starters and a little bit of Michael Mulder. So fatigue, I, I think, when you're playing you know, a rotation that short, and we know Steve Kerr would prefer not to do that even under normal circumstances, didn't have a choice really in the ball game tonight. Maybe it did catch up with him uh, against an opponent that, that's been tough on the Warriors in these two games head-to-head. Maybe you have to make an adjustment. You're absolutely right. Coach Kerr is right, and you could see it. You could see that they, they, they wore down a little bit. Maybe you have to get something going to the basket in that fourth quarter, that fateful fourth quarter, where it all unraveled for the Warriors. They got to the line a grand total of, do you know how many times, J.D., the Warriors at the foul line in the fourth quarter? The Wizards were 12 of 13 from the charity stripe in the fourth quarter. The, Wiz- the Warriors were two for two. So, you know, easy to sit here and look at a box score, but maybe you try to get something going to the basket. I thought they settled for some uh, less than great shots, and that's why they ended up they ended up 8 for 31 in the fourth quarter. Some of that is fatigue, but yeah, it's incumbent upon you as a coaching staff and as players to adjust to the fatigue, especially when you have an 11-point lead with 7 minutes to go. Yeah, and I thought, uh, you know, Steph took some some forced shots. I yeah. thought in in the final couple of minutes, but I, I didn't think they they did a great job of, and I think part of it is the Wizards taking you know Steph out uh, of the game the best that they can too. But I thought you know with with the Warriors you know having the lead around that six minute mark, I thought from the six minute mark to about the the two thirty or the three minute mark, that was to me where there could have been some shots for Steph, you know, better looks, and he wound up getting some tough looks that he missed after that when the game got tight so it wasn't like they were having trouble getting him the ball or he needed more shots then but I thought to sort of put the game away maybe uh you know a little bit more aggressive getting and getting it to Steph but I understand on the flip side to that is you know this is a night where he only scored 18 points you know the the streak of 11 consecutive games at least 30 Mm -hmm. uh it ends and you know also Kelly Oubre was was playing pretty well tonight so you felt comfortable there but I, I I think you know the attention to putting the game away at that six-minute mark when Steph comes back in, I think that's the one thing that sticks out. He got shots after the game was when they were in trouble, but they didn't really run it through him, I felt, enough maybe when they had a shot to put it away when they still had a, a little bit of a comfortable lead. I'll give you a real bright spot, J.D., as you well know, because we've been watching this guy for almost two full seasons now, and last year we saw him come into the league, and it looked at times last year like he's not an NBA player. Jordan Poole tonight had 22, and in that fourth quarter, he had three out of five three-pointers. So that's a real positive. Uh, yeah, that was, was a tough one tonight. This is one that they thought that they had put away, and, and they gacked it up, but uh, – to have Jordan Poole play as well as he did tonight, for the bench to play as well as they did when Steph was out, that's huge for them going forward. It's unfortunate they couldn't take advantage tonight, but Jordan Poole was big in the fourth quarter. That's a really good sign, and he's already proven he's a better NBA player, frankly, than I thought he was going to be, J.D. Yeah, and and look, he's playing for a rotation spot next year You know, on a team that, that, mm-hmm. that believes they're going to have you know, greater aspirations than than anything that they'll be able to accomplish this year. So, uh, if if he can put it together again and, and show an ability to bounce back after after coming in and, and playing so well initially, coming back from the bubble and then struggling for a handful of games, and, and now if he gets on another run here, I think that's a very good sign. Uh, his ability to deal with adversity and and bounce back and and just become a just become a regular good player that that's going to have some ups and downs, but you always know at some point quickly he's going to be able to snap out of any kind of a funk and 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 get to put up uh, big numbers uh, as, as he did tonight and and as he uh, w- has been able to do over the course of these last couple of games. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to Bobby in Oakland. Bobby's up next here on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, tough game tonight. Yeah, you can tell it was a, it was a little uh, fatigue going on. But you know, it's something I noticed, and maybe it's just me. Uh, I know it seems like the Warriors struggled against you know dominant guards in general. And there's a player I want to get your thoughts on, who's a free agent this year, making a little less than five million. I, I like him. It's uh, Alfred Payton out of, uh, out of New York. He can he can play really. Good, decent deep defense, uh, can score a little bit, can run an offense. Do you think that's a good idea to pick up? And if so, can, with the Warriors cap, is that something they can't afford to pick up a free agent like that? If they were so yeah, I, I, 
yeah, thanks for the call. I, I like Alfred Payton. He's he's a good defender. Um, I'm I'm looking at his numbers. You know, right now, averaging you know, a little over 12 points per game uh, for the Knicks. Uh, not a good, good defender. Not a great not, shooter. Yeah, <laughs> not a great shooter. But but he's somebody that that can defend. When you're looking at at at, at guards that can defend. So I mean, I, to me, he would be an ancillary. You know, you would want him to be kind of an ancillary piece and not somebody that you would want to pay. You know. Uh, a lot of money for. Uh, I think, you know, could he be a mid-level type of a player? Uh, I feel like the Warriors are going to need to to spend that probably differently. Uh, but I think they are going to be looking for wing players that can, uh, you know, th- that can do some things. Basically, two-way wing players. To me, Alfred Payton is more of a defender first. Uh, but but I actually I actually like... You know, if you want to have a defensive identity, having him on your team is a is a, a a positive thing. I've always liked his game as well. I just I don't know that he's a great fit for the Warriors, and I think in some ways he struggles just to find his place in the league because of the fact that he's not a gifted three point shooter, and especially for guards, that's the way the game is headed. Uh, as you say, JD, he does do other things, and he's a smart player. I'm not sure he's a good fit for the Warriors. I find myself wondering, watching the game tonight, speaking of roster moves. You know, why haven't the Warriors gone out and signed a center after Wiseman got hurt? We know Steve Kerr said, yeah, we're looking at people, um, and I, perhaps they just there's no one available that they like. You look at the game tonight, you know, they got guards. We're talking about Alfred Payton. The Warriors have guards coming out of their ears. I know there are other considerations, uh, the luxury tax, and if there's no one good who's available, hey, you don't want to just go out and get somebody because they're big, but they could have used a little bit of size tonight. They, they could have, but again, they also want to play small. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Alex Len is somebody that you know his name has come up uh, from time to time. Uh, you know, just a, you know, the kind of a random, just a big that that you can put out there to to clog the paint a little bit and rebound and uh, you know, hard foul. I mean, I, I feel like that's the type of big when you talk about. Hey, the Warriors are going to go get a big. You know, maybe somebody that backs up James Wiseman or. Uh, you know, somebody. You know, Marcus Saul's name obviously comes up, and, and did this past year when when he chose not to sign uh, with the Warriors. Uh, but you look at uh, a guy, you know, and a, a guy like Alex Lynn, just a big body, athletic, a, a little bit, uh, unafraid to use his fouls. It's probably more that type of a player that the Warriors would be looking at. Uh, if they were going to to sign somebody that would be an insurance policy or somebody that maybe could get in there and and bang around or or clog uh, the paint against some of the bigger centers. I just don't think it's a priority for this team right now because they're so comfortable playing small, and it feels like they really don't care about trying to match up on some of these nights. Like They just would rather play small, stick with who they have, and and just, just, just not worry about it. Now, next year, I think it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm not saying, look, that's the whole difference of the game tonight. I'm just saying it would be nice to have somebody like that at the end of the bench rather than, you know, a guard or a big like Smiley Geach who's just not going to get in the game. It would be nice of having that option. I'm not yeah. saying you need someone to come in and play Wiseman's, you know, 25 minutes. I'm just saying, hey, it'd be nice to have a big that no. you can trust to put into the game when you're getting hammered on the backboards here or there. Yeah, no, and I think I, I think it's a fair point. I, I think at times, though, when, when, you, when you say that, I think people think of a better player, you know, or a, or maybe a more of a name brand player than 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 yeah, maybe re- reality would reality mm-hmm. would say. And I and I'm not saying you necessarily, but you. yeah, the, yeah, Smiley Geach. I mean, the, the the reality is the Warriors like Alex Lynn would be a hell of a lot more beneficial than Alan Smiley Geach to this Warriors team. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like Smiley Geach is just completely unplayable. And, you know, it's it's really, for all intents and purposes, a wasted roster spot at this point. But if there isn't somebody out there that you really think would be playing on a night-in, night-out basis as part of the rotation, even as a backup, then does it make sense to go through, you know, the hoops of, you know, cutting a guy like Smiley Geach and bringing somebody in when, when the guy that you're bringing in at this point probably isn't even as good as Alex Len, to be perfectly honest, because you're talking about a scrap heap you know, type of a signing, uh, you know, with with days to go, right. you know, a couple of weeks to go in a, in a season. So to me, there really isn't an answer out there at, at this particular point for this particular season. But it is something that I do think they're going to have to address for next season and, and have that roster spot available to them to, to acquire someone. 
Yeah, and I agree with you 100%, and I'm not talking about going out and, you know, bringing in a star center. I know that's not feasible, but I know when Steve Kerr told the media, hey, we're going to look at people, we had Connor Letourneau, I believe it was, on one of the weekend shows, one of the shows, and he said, yeah, they're going to get somebody. Steve Kerr said they, they would. So I'm a little bit, I'm mildly surprised that they haven't to this point, but it's not a huge issue, and I think, bottom line, you're probably right. They've looked around and said, we can have that guy or that guy, but they're really not going to help us that much right now. So right now, for this year, it's just not worth it effort 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 it's john dickinson and whitey gleason here on warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game as the warriors uh, lose tonight to the wizards uh how you feeling about this road trip is it a missed opportunity uh for the warriors or is it still a solid uh trip at three and two uh, i think if you look at it going in three and two would be the goal uh going into the trip uh with the games in Oklahoma City and Cleveland and Washington, to me, those would be the three games on paper that you would circle as the three that you need to get. You take your chances with Boston and Philly, and as it turned out, the, the Warriors were able to get a win in Philly, but they lose the game in uh, Washington. Uh, so it winds up uh, those two basically canceling each other out, and the Warriors wind up with the three and two trip. So I think it's it's a solid trip, but for me also a, a missed opportunity in a season that really has been full of, of missed opportunities and, and squandered games. Uh, down the stretch, whether it's uh, the inability to execute or, you know, something like Draymond Green tonight fouling out late mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. teams just having their way uh, and attacking the Warriors in, in, in some of the bigger moments. And, and the Warriors not really fully knowing where they want to go or how they want to get offense, uh, I think, in, in some of these games uh, down the stretch where the Wizards had two guys that were just attacking the cup and, and able to have some success doing that. Uh, the Warriors tonight, I thought, seemed a little bit unsure as to how they wanted to operate uh, other than you know getting Stephen Curry some of the shots that Stephen Curry has been making with regularity of late. Yeah, Bobby, the, the last caller, touched on an interesting point before he started talking about Alfred Payton, talking about how certain types of guards really give the Warriors fits right now. And clearly when the Warriors, when they, you know, they'd love to have Steph and Jordan Poole on the floor at the same time, but you're really compromised defensively. There was late in the game, there was a play where I think Wiggins was guarding Beal, and then they had to switch, and Jordan Poole was guarding him. It was like, oh, my goodness. You could you, you, Bradley Beal practically salivated his way to the basket. So that is an issue with this, uh, this current roster. As far as how many times we've seen the team this year kind of fall apart late, I would think that a lot of that still probably has to do with the fact that these guys haven't spent a lot of time on the floor together, and that's the value of this, whatever you want to call it, right, J.D., this playoff push or this play-in push. These are significant games. These games matter a lot. And so it's a great environment in which to learn more about your teammates, how it's all going to fit together, which should hopefully, fingers crossed, pay dividends next year when hopefully you're playing for more than just a, a play-in spot. Yeah, and I, I, I've been a little bit reluctant to, to look too far at, at, like, who really benefits from this year? Like, and you know, because Steph and Dre, like Steph's doing amazing things on a night-in, night-out basis, and, and he's awesome, and I think we've, you know, he's... He's proven to anybody that didn't think he had another year or two at the MVP level uh, in him. He's proven those people wrong. And I think, you know, Steph looks great when you project him toward the 2021-22 season, right? All right, that box is checked. I think Draymond, for the most part, uh, you know, a little bit of a decline maybe. But I think, you know, Draymond, you don't worry about him as much on a team that figures to be better with Clay Thompson coming back at a team that's going to have the stakes raised a little bit. So you don't worry about, about Draymond Green uh, necessarily as much. Andrew Wiggins, is there anything that, that, that and, and, and Wiggins struggled tonight, uh, 5 of 20, although he did play pretty good defense on Bradley Beal uh, in, in the early uh, portions of this game. But like, is there anything Andrew Wiggins can take with him for, for next year that's going to change your opinion about Andrew Wiggins and, and the player that he is? Like To me, it hinges more on is how how much of a lesser impact is he going to have to have because Clay Thompson comes back in his ex or because the players around him next year are better and that lessens the the necessity for him to carry uh, as much of maybe even the load as he's had to carry this year and they haven't really asked him to carry a lot of the load this year either I'm, I'm not saying that but but less is more I think in a way uh, with Andrew Wiggins when it comes to expectation but you know Jordan Poole I think he fits in the category of 
you know, he can he can take some things. You know, he can learn. Uh, so, so and, and things that he's able to accomplish this year can take you know to next year. Wiseman's season is over, so there's nothing he can accomplish. And after that, it's like who? And and I don't know. Am I missing? Am I missing something? Or is that enough? Or uh, because I think we get into this. Well, what? It, like this year has kind of become its own entity. In that, hey, this team's trying to win as much as they can. Get into the postseason. Maybe Jordan Poole learns some stuff that he can carry with him. I think that would be tremendous if he can. But beyond that, what are we really talking about? Well, I'm looking at it a little differently. I'm not just looking at it as how can Andrew Wiggins be better next year through playing with Steph and Draymond this year. I mean, certainly that's a consideration, um, but I think we pretty much know what Wiggins is. But I'm thinking that ideally the units, as a unit, they'll be much more functional the more time they have together on the floor. And I know Wiggins, obviously he was here last year. Draymond and Steph can, you know, they're not going to be better players, but hopefully collapses like we saw tonight. And there were many factors. Fatigue was one of them. But collapses like we've seen this year, hopefully they'll be less frequent next year when you have all of the experience that Oubre and Wiggins and Steph and Poole, you mentioned Poole, unfortunately not Wiseman this year, the fact that you play together through some of these moments, I think ideally, um, and it's not about bonding you, it's just you learn how to navigate as a unit through these moments. So I think potentially there's some upside there. That's what I'm talking about as far as the value of the rest of the season. And who even knows if Ubre is going to be here, but maybe we found something already in that regard with Ubre coming off the bench. If he's going to stay and he's amenable to that, already you've found something in terms of your rotations that could be beneficial into next year. Let's get to Andrew in Oakland. Uh, we'll sneak him in here before we pause. Andrew, you're on uh, 95.7 The Game. Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, thank you for taking my call. You know, I'm just, uh, I just want Warriors fans to kind of grow up a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, Wiggins, Ubre, these guys are here. They're putting it all in. They, they're going all in. I think we should get all in behind these guys. I mean, they're, they're balling. Ubre's a player. They play defense. They're hustling. They bought in. I wish the Warriors fans would buy in. This is what we got, okay? Durant is gone. Get over it, okay? Let's move forward. These guys are players. I respect what they're doing. I just wish the Warriors fans would show them some love instead of just whining about them. Thank, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 888-957-9570. Uh, we'll touch on that on the other side. We got who's hot, who's not. We got more from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Uh, we'll, we'll do one more segment of Warriors wrap-up here. We'll take that up to about 825, 830, and then we'll get into the final word at 830, uh, and we'll get into uh, some other conversation as well. It's J.D. and Whitey. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Blue off the screen, same spot, same shot, same result. Back- 
Back-to-back triples for Jordan Poole. 104-93. Scotty Brooks can't believe it. He calls a timeout. It's the largest lead for the Dubs all night. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. And Tim Roy on the call there. Final segment, Warriors wrap-up. And it uh, looked like the Warriors were going to win this game relatively comfortably at that point, up 11. Uh, But the Wizards, from that point on, would outscore the Warriors by 15, uh, close the game, and beat the Dubs 118-114. to 888-957-9570. Nice night, though, Whitey, uh, for Jordan Poole. One of the bright spots. Uh, and, you know, him and, and Ubre off the bench and, and even Kent Bazemore, who's now been uh, put in the starting lineup, obviously, since Ubre went down. Uh, those three in particular, along with Kavon Looney, have have really been uh, important uh, cogs to this run that the Warriors have been on, in addition to the historic stretch that Stephen Curry has been on. To me, the single most surprising aspect of the game tonight and I, I know from the Warriors' perspective, obviously there were a lot of ups, there were a lot of downs, and a lot, look, they have no chance tonight. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they lost. But how well the bench played it, when Steph was uh, sitting, how well the bench players played when Steph was sitting, Ubre led that charge. That was remarkable. That's a really positive sign. But I wanted to circle back real quickly to something James said, the caller. You know, and he, he said he wants Warrior fans to stop whining about Oubre and and Wiggins and Oubre with 24 and 9 tonight. But I will say this. I think what we saw in that fourth quarter when the Warriors blew the lead spoke to why some Warrior fans get frustrated with, especially Wiggins. Um, But the two of them, as I mentioned earlier, fourth quarter tonight, Steph is struggling and eventually Draymond fouled out and the game was tilting in the Wizards' favor. Wiggins and Oubre combined in the fourth quarter tonight. You know, Magic called it winning time. They were two for 14. Now, overall, yeah, Wiggins played really good defense tonight, and Oubre had a good game. But when the game was there to be won, those two guys that they brought in, hopefully to be, you know, semi-core players, or, when you know, Wiggins supposed to be your fourth best player when Clay's back. Well, the Warriors needed a little bit more from those guys when the game was there to be won, and they just didn't have that gear tonight. Yeah, and, and Wiggins just doesn't have that gear. Like, Wiggins doesn't have the switch that, that he can flip to where he's going to say, okay, my team needs me. Steph's having an off night. Time for me to flip the switch as the next best player on paper and go get mine and carry this team home. Like it, it, and that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. Like, some, you know, occasionally it will happen. And, mm-hmm. and you'll say, you know, that game in Memphis uh, that the Warriors won when he went for 40-plus for uh, you look at a game like that, and, and he's able to do it, but y- you just can never expect it. It may happen. It may not happen, uh, but you can never expect it, and I think you have to sort of keep Wiggins in that. Like I almost look at it the other way. Like, hey, Clay's going to come back, and it's going to be Steph and Clay, and then you're going to have to – you're going to ask Wiggins to do more even less frequently than you do mm-hmm. now, and that's actually going to help him – become a more productive player because his defense has been good this year. His yes. three-point shooting for the most part, I think, has been good this year. He was 0 for 7 tonight. It was ugly. 5 for 20 from the field tonight. It was ugly. Uh, but for the most part, he's been a productive player. Just don't ask him to do it on the spot in the moment when you need it because that ain't going to be there for you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's pretty much shown us that, okay, bro, I don't do that. I just, it's, it's not in my makeup. That said, I thought one of their signature wins this year, and I know that Giannis didn't play, but the win against the Bucks, and one of the reasons it was such a big win, J.D., is because you had in the fourth quarter, you had Wiggins with the block at the end. You had Ubre with a couple of big threes. You had those two guys making really important, impactful plays in the fourth quarter. Um, and I just think when the Warriors put this thing together, you know, they were hoping to get more of that. And, yeah, maybe it's uh, unreasonable. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. if Oubre is going to be back next year and he's going to play well coming off the bench, wow, you found something there. Wiggins is defending well. But I think when they were planning for this year, one of the things I hoped for was that Oubre and Wiggins would be guys who would really play well when the game hung in the balance. They weren't able to do that tonight. 
888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up here with J.D. and Whitey Gleason as Whitey sits in tonight for Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Uh, as we'll uh, keep it going here till about 8.30 and then flip over and have the final word for you uh, coming up from 8.30 uh, until 10 as the Warriors now 29-30 and 30, uh, on the season. So 13 games to go. Nine of those 13 are going to be at Chase Center beginning with the three-game homestand on Friday when the Warriors take on the Nuggets. It's the Kings and the Mavs after that. And fans going to be back uh, inside Chase Center on Friday night for the first time, Whitey, since last March the 10th. My goodness, hard to believe. 13 and a half months in between Mm -hmm. games with fans. Didn't you think that game in Boston, it was such a great game Saturday, such a tremendous game, and I know it didn't go the Warriors' way, but don't you think having fans in the building contributed a little bit to uh, to the atmosphere? Maybe that's one of the reasons, and the Wizards have been playing well regardless. Maybe that's one of the reasons they got off to such a quick start tonight because they had their fans back, But it really, especially for basketball, right? That's one of the things that yeah, March Madness just wasn't quite March Madness. Basketball, I think... Um, I think the players feed off the energy of the fans more than they do in any of the other major sports. So looking forward to Friday night. Yeah, looking forward to Friday night. Uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm with you on that. I do think that the, the fans, where they've been uh, able to, to go, uh, have uh, made an impact on things. And I think the Warriors will get a boost for sure in that game as they return and they and they face the Nuggets on Friday. And, and, and they're going to need it. You know, coming off a long trip, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the downside, and I think the biggest downside of this game for me, when you just look at it, and look, there are a lot of winnable games ahead for the Warriors. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a recency bias to, hey, well, they just beat Denver. Yeah, they just beat Denver the last home game uh, inside Chase Center. Uh, and I, you know Denver's going to be coming after them, and that first game back after a trip is is a tough game, and and so I think the Warriors are going to need that lift from the fans. I I think losing tonight with that game as the first game back, you know that's not going to be an easy one. If you do lose that one, then all of a sudden you're two games under 500 again. And look, you're, you're not really in danger at that point of falling out of the top 10, but you start to find yourself more likely to be ninth or 10th than seventh or eighth. And you really feel like if you want to have a shot to continue to push toward being seventh or eighth, the next couple of games almost at that point would feel like must wins. So I think, you know, there is a little bit more pressure, not necessarily for Friday night, but if you can't get Friday night to get right back on track coming off the long trip, it feels like the pressure would ramp back up relatively quickly, Whitey, uh, for the, the games that follow after that. Those games, though, uh, obviously would be more winnable against Sacramento and then Dallas. Let's uh, let's get to Randy and Milpitas. we got some people that want to squawk on the phone lines. Hey, Randy, you're on uh, Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, gentlemen, how we doing tonight? Good. What's up, Randy? Hey, really quick, uh, Whitey, to answer your uh, your question, Roracle, uh, Roracle, it was loud. It you know it gets not only the team involved, but it makes it harder to think when you have a vamping arena that's uh, labeled or Roracle, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, I think you know getting fans back in at 100 percent eventually, um, and it definitely plays towards the Warriors' strength. Um, and just to give my two cents on Ubre and Wiggs, um, I love them both. However, the culture that we've had as Warriors fans through the last several years has been consistency. We know what to expect with certain players. We know what to expect with Steph, Clay, Draymond, um, whoever's playing, you know, small forward, power forward, center. We know what to expect from those guys. However, with, with Oubre and Wiggins, we don't know what we're going to get with offense. Their defense is amazing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you can stick you know, Kelly Oubre and Wiggins on your number one, number two player, and they can guard him probably about 75% of the night, but their offense at times struggles, and I think that's the biggest frustration as a Warriors fan is because we're used to not only consistency and uh, of winning, but it's just, you know, knowing what you're going to get every night. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, and, and it's I think a, a part of that too is is basketball IQ too. Uh, Whitey. I mean, I think, you know, at times Wiggins and Oubre, you know, they can be a rough watch for uh, a Warriors fan base that is so used to watching players with a high basketball IQ play the style of play that's been so successful for the Warriors 
over the course of this this championship run now that's uh you know we're almost two years removed from yeah and that really to me you're talking about player movement and ball movement neither one of them um, well, let's see, as far as assists, and I know Wiggins last year, we talked about this. Wiggins actually played him at point a little bit with Minnesota, but they combined for, the two of them had one assist tonight. Now, some of that's because the Warriors didn't, it was hard to get an assist tonight because a lot of people were missing shots. I do think, J.D., and please tell me if you disagree, since the start of the season, to me, I think Oubre, um, I, I think he fits into the offense better than he did. Now, that's not saying much. The bar was low. You can go back to some of the early games where he's standing in the corner and Steph's standing there and someone has to literally tell him, don't stand here. You don't stand here. So as I say, the bar was low, but I think I think he's become more part of the fluid offense. Um, and uh, Wiggins is just a matter of when he's making shots. He's a whole different player offensively. To my eye, there are nights like tonight when the shot's not going in and he's not feeling it. He doesn't want to shoot it. Because he does, I, I don't feel like it's going in. When he's having a bad shooting night, he really hurts you offensively. Yeah, he does. And I'm, I am I agree with you on Oubre. I think Oubre is more comfortable. And tonight, really, Whitey, tonight is the quintessential game of if he would be willing to come off the bench, what mm-hmm. would it look like? It's just a matter of will he be willing to do it and will the Warriors be willing to pay him top dollar for him to come off the bench and 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 you know it, that that's the part that I don't know if it's going to align but if it did I think there could be a sweet spot where he can be effective you can stagger his minutes as such to where you maximize his effectiveness you don't maybe limit the effectiveness of some other players that maybe he's playing with and it works in conjunction with having a, a you know almost an insurance policy with uh, Wiggins, who maybe you could finish games with with Oubre, uh, or you know, Clay Thompson, if Clay can't play every game right off the top because he's still coming back from the injury, like it just it gives you an insurance policy of a a starting caliber player that could come off the bench. So I I I wouldn't want to completely close the door on that possibility, but it does seem like it's it's probably too tall uh, of an ask. To, to pay him the premium, but then also ask him to come off the bench. But if you're trying to convince him, Whitey, if you're trying to convince him, tonight is the example of of how it can look and how this team can be successful, even though they weren't able to finish this game. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully that's a real positive going forward. I'll also say this, and I know we probably don't want to wander down this path, this well-trodden path, but as far as Beal potentially in the Warriors next year, you know, I think the Wizards have things coming together. I think it's most likely that, uh, you know, they want to keep Beal and he wants to stay there because they do have some good young players. I'm not saying they're a great team, but they've certainly looked good against the Warriors. So I don't think he'll be available. But if he were, I'm not sure. And I like him a lot, and I love watching him play. I don't quite see him as a guy who's a difference maker. Not quite good enough to be a guy that, oh, if he joined the Warriors, well, that's it. They're contenders. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's pointless because maybe it's not going to come to that. But the more I watch him, and I love watching him play, I just don't see him as being quite that elite of a star who would instantly catapult the Warriors into contender status. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I, I feel like you'd have to give up too much. Yeah, to bring him in, and then and then at that point you'd still be missing enough mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. where you almost wish you would have held out and maybe gone in a little bit of of a different direction. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. A couple of more calls here, and then we'll get to who's hot and who's not. Robin in San Francisco is up next. Hey, Robin, you're on Warriors hey. Wrap Up. Hey, you guys. Hey, JD. I, I love that a uh, squawk. <laughs> Instead of callers to squawk, reminds me of my ex-husband when I was fussing at him, and he told me to um, shut up, you old crow. But anyway, oh. <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to say, I, well, now you, you make it sound mean, now, Robin. When you when you say it like that, Robin, you make it sound mean. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep using it now. You got you got me a little worried if that's not in the like like that's the wrong context. He told me to shut up, you old crow. But anyway, um, Whitey, that guy, he was right. You know, uh, on social media, that's why I turned it off. I get tired of these fair weather fans. Um, Mm -hmm. They're all talking, Curry choked. Uh, You know, what happens is when a team gets on a ride, they lose sight of what the team really and who they – really are 
And so I just wanted to call in. I didn't have anything of substance to say because you guys have all dissected and picked it apart. But they really do. And also I wanted to say to you, Daddy, it's just so funny to hear callers say um, what they're used to. Five years compared to 50 years. Now all of a sudden <laughs> you're talking about what you've gotten to, except the fact of what they are now. Bye. That's the end of my squawking, guys. Bye. Thank, thanks, Robin. You're welcome to call and squawk anytime you want. We appreciate it, Robin. And yeah, it is about per, it is about perspective. You can always go back a little farther, right, Whitey? You can always you can say, "Hey, the last five years have been this," and then you can say, "Hey, the the Warriors uh, of from really the pre what 2012 Warriors would have would have uh, taken a season like this." really any year over two decades, basically, with the exception of we believe. So, uh, yeah, yeah the per- perspective can be changed. I mean, you think about how much this kind of a team would have been embraced. I mean, this is better than really any team they had other than the 07 or the 08 teams uh, over a span that, you know, from 94 all the way uh, all the way until 2012. Yeah, and J.D., I think you and I have talked about this. I don't mean to be redundant, but I think it's important to revisit here, speaking about, you know, expectations of what we're used to. Uh, I've talked to people who have tried to compare this year to last year, uh, media people <laughs> who've tried to kind of lump in, oh, these two years, and I yeah. have to say, hey, hold on. This year is nothing Nothing like last year, right? And for all their flaws this year and their imperfections and tonight, you know what? That was really entertaining. And yeah, the uh, you know, the words with KD, they would have won that game. It wouldn't have been a contest. So it's like disappointing, but it was an entertaining game. That that game against the Celtics, what a great game that was, even though they lost the Philadelphia game. So this is nothing, nothing like last year. And I'm grateful that we have much better basketball to talk about this year. This isn't perfect, but Man, it's fun, and it's a lot more fun than last year. Let's get to Matt in San Francisco, 888-957-9570. Matt, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Matt? Gentlemen, you stole my thunder just a moment ago, but I'll, I'll reinforce it. It is, it is thrilling to be a Warriors fan this year for a, for a very curious reason, which is that on any given night they are beating some of the best teams or the best teams in basketball and then losing – games that by virtue of winning those others you'd think they'd win here's what it says to me it is impossible to understate or overstate how important the decision the 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 role of the dice is on that top three pick and and why i say that is this in order to win both sets of games you've got to have one more player not just clay thompson one more player wiggins and Ubre are great but you're only going to run the tables with something else. Full stop. Thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate the call. Uh, Matt in San Francisco checking in here. Why do you, you got uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's basically got to draft another star. Now, remember, if it's top three, the Warriors would not get that pick. Right. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Minnesota is no longer the worst team in the Western Conference. Uh, and and, hmm. and the worst team in the NBA, the Rockets have actually passed them uh, over the last couple of days. Now they're neck and neck right now, uh, and I think Minnesota's losing in Sacramento, but they won in Sacramento last night. One of those back to backs against the same team. Uh, but but looking at the standings right now, uh, overall, uh, you've got the Rockets now with the worst record in the NBA, and uh, the Timberwolves are the second worst record in the NBA at sixteen and forty three. So if Houston has a worse record than Minnesota, then it's more likely, although I don't think by much with lottery reform, but it's more likely the pick would convey to the Warriors. Is that right? It's more likely they'd get that fourth or fifth pick? Yeah, it's the top. It actually doesn't change. It's it, the okay. top. I, I can't remember if it's the top three or four at this point, but it's but the, the odds are spread out to where yeah. you don't have two teams fighting for the worst record. So that is less relevant than it than it used to be. But uh, it it may change the percentage of uh, of the Warriors' likelihood slightly, yeah. but it's slightly, very think, very yeah. slightly. Yes. Yeah. Even if Minnesota ends up with the worst pick, the Warriors would still have about a what? It's like a sixty percent chance that things come through for them with lottery reform. But uh, speaking of Minnesota, and I know you watched them last night, JD against Sacramento, um, and you know Minnesota actually when they have D'Angelo Russell. 
on the floor with Carl Anthony Towns. They're a much better team this year. That said, watching them, you know, Edwards is a spectacular player. I mean, I still think that was a great trade. If it pays off for the Warriors, they get the fourth or the fifth pick, and they got Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. I still think that's a... Man, if you get a good player, it almost doesn't seem fair. D'Angelo Russell's a nice player, but he did not fit here, right? It didn't take us long to figure that out. Um, and so this still could end up being a colossally, colossally great trade for, for the Warriors with Minnesota. Yeah, and, and that is another point of perspective as it relates to Wiggins. You know, as much as on certain nights Warriors fans can can complain about Andrew Wiggins and some of the inconsistencies the Warriors are still better for having Andrew Wiggins than not. Yes. And it's the same yes. thing for Kelly Oubre. I, I've made this point. Like, we can quibble about Kelly Oubre and what does he provide, what does he not provide, and how consistent is he. But this Warriors team over – I mean, think about the games that the Warriors would not have won uh, if Kelly Oubre hadn't had a nice game, uh, you know, going back in the first half. And I know he got off to a bad start, and you know, but, but he helped them win – uh, some some games you know this year and some big games against some good opponents. So it you're, the Warrior are they perfect players? Are they you know one hundred percent in the future plans? I you know those questions are a little bit different. But I think both of those players, top to bottom, the Warriors are better for having uh, Whitey than not having on on this season. Yeah, I agree with you. They're a better team with Ubre. They're a much better team with Wiggins. It's just as you know, the frustrating thing about Wiggins is it's hard to watch him and not quite often come away with a feeling of he's better than that, right? That's the thing. Yeah. It's great that they have him, but sometimes he leaves you with a feeling like, I think he can do a lot more, so why doesn't he? And I just think that's always gonna be the puzzle of Andrew Wiggins. Let let's get to who's hot and who's not, which is sponsored by Exergen. Uh because accuracy matters, Whitey, uh, who's hot uh, for the Warriors tonight? It was Kelly Oubre Jr. and Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole, uh, his ninth career 20-point game, sixth time this season for Jordan Poole to eclipse the 20-point plateau. 22 points, a career-high tying six three-pointers. So Jordan Poole in the who's hot category. Also Kelly Oubre Jr. with his 12th 20-plus point game of the season 24 points in the 37 minutes uh, off the bench. Uh, who's not uh, tonight? Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, 5 of 20 tonight for 14 points and 0 of 7 uh, from 3. Uh, Whitey, you can uh, feel free to, to give a nod to uh, somebody either in the who's hot or not category, again, as that is sponsored by Exergen. Uh, Kavon Looney tonight had uh, eight total rebounds and he hit two or three shots in 26 minutes. He continues to uh, contribute here. He's doing a great job since Wiseman went down. So Kavon Looney, hot, 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 right? I mean, it's great to see the way Kavon Looney uh, has played, especially after last year. We talked about this year's not last year. And last year, of course, one of the most discouraging aspects of the whole season, J.D., was seeing Kavon Looney struggle so much with his neuropathy, which was, well, what is it? Is he going to get better? Well, let's hope so. Well, he's gotten a lot better, and he's played very well for the Warriors, especially uh, of late. Yeah, and you wonder you know, how much Steve Kerr can continue to lean on him to play the, the heavy minutes. Yes. And I think that may mm -hmm. be the biggest, uh, the biggest question as to what you had, had posed earlier regarding, you know, do the Warriors need to go out and maybe add another big? I mean, you've got Looney playing 26 minutes tonight. There's been a couple of games where he's played over 30, and I know Steve Kerr has been on record uh, pretty frequently saying that he would prefer to keep him around the 20 or 25 point or 20, 25 minute mark uh, on most nights. Uh, 888-957-9570. Uh, we'll keep the phone lines <laughs> open here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a night as far as Warriors wrap-up goes, but if people still want to talk some Warriors basketball, 888-957-9570. We can continue that conversation on the other side as we'll uh, open up the final word until 10 o'clock. Uh, we still have some post-game sound to get to as well. And uh, also, we're going to talk with uh, North Dakota State play-by-play uh, -play man, uh, who covered uh, Trey Lance uh, as well. Uh, he's coming up here uh, at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk to him, a uh, guy by the name of Brian Sean, the North Dakota State football play-by-play -play announcer. Uh, we'll get uh, his thoughts on Trey Lance and talk some football and some Giants as well between now and 10 o'clock right here on 95.7 The Game.